When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Patriots Nation. This is the Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Mees. And I am Mr. Mike Nice. It's good to be back here this Monday morning talking Patriots with you guys. Definitely, definitely. Um, Well, there's some noise coming out of training camp. You know, OTAs have started. Patriots are getting ready to start their season up, get things ready for the 2016-2017 season. Mike I believe this is the best roster we've had in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's looking good the way things have been constructed this offseason. You know, you got a lot of the core guys coming back who, I mean, led to the Patriots' success over the last couple of seasons. I mean, you know, two seasons ago, you go to the Super Bowl. You know, last season, you're a game away from making the Super Bowl, which has become a, you know, common trend in New England for the last couple of seasons and even longer than that. So, once again, we have another season where the roster is looking good, uh, offense, defense, you know, everything looks to be aligning well. You're just hoping that guys, you know, get healthy and are ready to go once the season comes around. Definitely. My main concerns right now is the health of some of our players. You know, we've, we've seen that some players haven't been participating in OTAs yet. You have Edelman, you have Amendola, you have Lewis, even Gronkowski wasn't in the first practice. So, you know, there are some question marks, but people – their signs are looking good. Just last week, Tom Brady had his best buddies flag football game. And you know who was there? You had Rob Ninkovich. You had Dion Lewis. And you had Danny Amendola. Dion Lewis got a chance to speak to some of the reporters. said that his rehab is going very, very well. He's around 70% right now. And he's he's planning to play week one. So that's very big news coming out of you know the Patriots locker room. I mean, yes, Deion Lewis was a huge part of this team, you know, for the first part, uh, first half of last season. I mean, until his injury happened, it was a huge loss. But when Deion Lewis was healthy and on the field, he was a major part of that offense and, you know, really helped lighten the load for Brady and, and wide receivers. When you can give the ball to, to Deion Lewis coming out of the backfield because, I mean, he was a dual threat, you know. You could give it to him, hand it off, and have him run through the tackles, or he could be a pass-catching running back out of the backfield. When he was healthy, he was very great at that. And, I mean, you never know coming back from these type of injuries uh, how healthy a guy will be. But according to everything he's saying, how he's, he's looked, you know, he's on the right track. And, I mean, if week one's a goal, he's, he's been out for a while now because yeah. he went out early in the season. So, you know, he's had a lot of time, you know, surgery, rehab, you know, start getting, uh, getting things right back in order. So, I mean, if he's aiming for week one, I, I, we got to trust and believe that, you know, the Patriots staff, training staff, everybody would do what they can to make sure – He's ready to go. And, you know, Patriots are prepared to play without him, if, even if he can't come out week one. You have LeGarrette Blunt, You have Donald Brown, who they just signed. You have Brandon Bolden, James White, an undrafted rookie. Um, I believe his name is DJ Foster. 
Not Arian Foster. <laughs> but you have, you know, you have a lot of depth in that running back position. Will they all be there by the start of season one? Um, start of week one? I'm not quite sure about that, but the Patriots are loaded right now in the running back position and are prepared to play without him, even if he can't come back for week one. Yeah, one thing the Patriots are really good at is making sure that they have depth at a lot of positions. You know, when injuries happen, you know, at any position, they want to have guys, the right guys, who are willing to step up and be ready to go. And the one thing with the Patriots, you know, they're never worried about the, you know, the names of guys. You know, they they don't they don't really care if he's a top top guy or whatever. Patriots, you know, pull a guy right off the streets from the YMCA at a local park and just plug him right into the lineup. I'm available. <laughs> so you know, Patriots have no problem, you know, playing whoever as long as they're ready to go. And like Bill Belichick always says, you know, do your job. So, you know, no one knew about Deion Lewis too much before his first season with the Patriots. And I mean. The guys after coming after him, the James Weiss, the DJ Fosters, the Brandon Boldens, you know, no, they know the deal with the Patriots, you know, uh, roster and, and the offense and how they do things. You never know because sometimes with the Patriots offense, there's never a set guy who's, who's going to get, okay, this many snaps or this many carries or this many receptions. You know, Patriots go on a week-to-week basis. You never know who's going to step up and, and, and have his name called upon, a la Jonas Gray, you know, a couple uh, couple seasons ago when he stepped up and had those huge games. So everybody has to stay ready on the Patriots roster and, and be ready to, to contribute on the field. <coughs> okay, this is, that's very, very true. But I just named you a lot of running backs. There's going to be one or two who do not make make the cut, you know, by the time August comes, if you're a Patriots fan, you know uh, there's a lot of names that start that start leaving the list and you know move on. And at first, sometimes uh, their head scratchers like, "Oh, what what are, you, what are Patriots doing? Oh, this this guy was a fan favorite or whatnot." And then when they leave the team, you know they become nobody, or you don't even hear from them anymore. Like you was talking about Jonas Grave. Now people are saying Jonas who? And he went to Miami, and we, did, we didn't hear from him again. only time I saw Jonas Gray is when he played against us. only time I heard his name, honestly. And so with with a Deion Lewis, a Garrett Blunt, James White, DJ Foster, Brandon Bolden, um, Donald Brown. I don't even know if Donald Brown will even make this team. You know, they, they brought him in here, but Donald Brown's not a guy who really impresses me. I haven't heard anything so far out of him. Training camp. And maybe, who knows, maybe a Brandon Bolden, who's been a great special teams guy, gets edged out by the younger undrafted rookie who plays a little harder than him. You never know what can happen when it, when you have so much depth. There's going to be a couple players that don't make the cut. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Patriots are known for cutting guys. They'll sign guys during free agency or whatever. In the offseason, they'll sign him, and, you know, Patriots fans will be like, oh, man, great signing, happy to have him part of the roster, whoever, whatever position, whoever it may be. And the next thing you know, before the season starts, you know, that guy gets cut because the Patriots, they just don't like something. They see something better, another player performs better, whatever the case may be. In terms of the running back position, I honestly think that between Deion Lewis, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, James White, and Brandon Bolden, I think those guys – possibly have set spots just in my opinion because I feel like the Patriots see Brandon Bolden as a guy who can contribute in various aspects um, whether it be a pass catching running back 
uh, run, trying to run through the tackles and pick up yards. And then I was definitely on special teams. Bill Belichick is known for liking players with a lot of versatility, and I think Brandon Bowden brings that. And with James White, you know, we saw when uh, Deion Lewis and, and LeGarrette Blunt went out last season that James White was someone that they turned upon and, and looked to, you know, kind of carry that load as, as the, the guy uh, at the running back position. And I feel like, you know, yes, Deion Lewis is planning on being back, um, and they're dependent on him to be the same guy he was last season. You have to have that insurance policy. And, I mean, Patriots haven't gone out and signed, you know, Aaron Foster or any big-name running back. And I feel like they're, they're comfortable right now with James White. Now, with that being said, we never know what the Patriots are going to do with roster movements. No. So we might like – I might think James White is solid now because he proved himself stepping up last season. And, you know, after training camp, he might get cut and Donald Brown might be the next guy. You never know what the Patriots are going to do. But like what a lot of people say and like DJ Mees <clears throat> and myself always say here, and Bill we trust and we feel like he's going to do whatever is necessary to make sure he has the best roster to be on the field at the start of the 2016 season. And Bill, and Bill, we trust is right. I mean, I know I've said it so many times here on this podcast. Sometimes when Bill does something, when the when the office does something upstairs, I just I just go crazy. I'm switching gears a little bit, but onto the kind of on the same subject of Bill, we trust. I remember when um, Welker when they when we didn't we didn't resign Wes Welker, and um, everyone went crazy. We lost our minds, you know. Welker went then Welker signed to Denver for a little just a little more money that we could have easily got Welker back for. We go on, we sign um Danny Amendola where people are still kinda on the fringe about. <clears throat> and now Welker maybe had what, one good year with, with Denver and then all of a sudden, you know, he concussion bound, he didn't he wasn't as productive. Manning had too many weapons over him and we didn't hear from him anymore. Now I'm hearing, you know, Welker He's still mulling over whether he should um, play or not next year. Just welcome, retire, bro. I, I, I'm seeing you. You a guest coach for the Ravens. You went to the Dolphins to give pep talks and stuff, man. Yeah, do something with that. But it brought up a question in my mind, Mike. Who had the better? Who's better for the Patriots, Wes Welker or Julian Edelman now? And at first, you know, first instinct, a lot of players would might say Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman, but we tend to forget how vital Wes Walker was for our team from 2007 to, what, 2012. He was a big part. Brady's right-hand man pretty much is what we're, exactly what we're seeing with Julian Edelman. And what do you think? What are your takes on Julian Edelman versus Wes Walker? Oh, man, that's tough. That comparison is crazy because, I mean, for for people who, who just see and think Julian Edelman is the guy now, Brady's guy, Brady's guy, you know, you can't forget that Wes Welker is pretty much everything that Edelman is doing now. And, I mean, Wes Welker had some amazing seasons. And, I mean, I can't take away the fact that Edelman has been a solid player. You know, he's come a long way. Edelman came into the league. He was a, used to be a quarterback came into the league and, you know, wasn't doing much his first couple of years and slowly kept developing, developing, developing. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit to be turning into the wide receiver he is now. We're talking about one of the best wide receivers in the league now, you know, a dependable guy at picking up yards and whatnot. He, that's, he's really Brady's right-hand man. But at the same time, 
Wes Welker was a part of a season where we witnessed probably the greatest offseason, I mean, uh, offense yeah. in NFL history. And I mean, just because of that, I think with, with how, is, how, with how it looks now, Edelman is going to end up having more years under his belt with the Patriots because, I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like Edelman and Brady have have a great uh, relationship and chemistry, but you never know how things will shake out with contracts and whatnot. I don't I don't know Edelman's contract necessarily right now, but I feel like he might end up playing more years in a Patriots uniform um, than than Wes Walker did. But I can't I can't just look at that and say you know what I got to give Edelman the nod. I think give Edelman a couple more years to continue with this his same. A kind of offense that he's, he's his offensive output. Continue with that for the next couple of years, but I feel like as of right now, I'll still give Walker the edge because he was a part of a team that went sixteen and zero in the regular season, and Tom Brady broke records. I gotta give him the edge. Yeah, definitely. Um, Edelman now so far with the Patriots, three hundred twenty-seven receptions, three thousand four hundred yards, twenty-one touchdowns. In Welker's tenure with the Patriots, he has 672 receptions, almost 7,500 yards, and 50 touchdowns. I mean, Welker Welker spent more years with the Patriots being the main guy, so you got to use those you know numbers into context. But here's another number: you Welker's yards per game. This is pretty crazy, Mike. In 2009, he had 96 yards per game. 2010. 56 yards, 2011, 98, and 2012, 84 yards. And to put that in context, Elderman's, um in 2012 had 26, 2013 had 66 yards per game, 2014, our Super Bowl year, he had 69 yards per game, and 2015, this past year before he got hurt, had 76 yards per game. Those are Just to remind you guys how vital and the yak the yards after the catch that Walker Walker would do was incredible I think the best we've ever seen honestly and I think a lot of a lot with those stats a lot of it has to be attributed to the fact that the Patriots offense during the Wes Welker and Randy Moss years was very different you know Brady was a little bit younger so his his deep and his deep ball was a little bit better so he's able to you know look for Welker and Moss and you know, Ben Watson and whoever else was on offense, you know, a little bit more down the field, which was able was able for uh, made it able for, you know, Wes Welkers to pick up a lot of extra yards. And in and nowadays with the Patriots and Brady and Edelman and their offense, it's all about picking up the ducking, you know, the duke and duck, whatever they want to call it, a couple yards here and there, quick first down and just get out of bounds or whatever the case may be. Patriots are not looking for the huge yards down the field, which is very different from the Patriots of, of Wes Welker and Randy Moss. Those guys were looking to pick up huge yards down the field. Reason why, you know, Brady was throwing for 50 touchdowns, you know, throwing for over 5,000 yards, easy. It came easy to Brady because that's the kind of offense they had. Nowadays, you know, Brady's not going to have a lot of 400-yard games in, for the rest of his career. He's not that type of play anymore, but the offense that they have now works. So we're looking at two style, different style of offenses between when Edelman played and when Wes Welker played for sure. That's a, that's a very, very good point, Mike. Um, just just to put that out there, because I forgot about this, but Welker had a crazy last year with us. Like, a ridiculous. He had 118 receptions, over over 1,300 yards, and six touchdowns. That Those numbers are ridiculous. That's crazy. And then, you know, 
Belichick got rid of him the next <laughs> the season after, and it seemed to work out for the best for well for the Patriots side anyways. Because the year two years later, we we win the ring. You know, yeah, and it's always sad. We we'll always look back at the years of Wes Welker and Randy Moss and say, man, I wish we could have won a Super Bowl because, like I said before, during that, that stretch of the Moss, Wes Welker, and, and uh, Brady, they had some amazing offenses. You know, from 2007 when they first got those guys and a couple years later, you're lucky. I mean, uh, unfortunately, Brady missed 2000 and uh, what uh, eight, eight seven, with that yeah. with that ACL injury. And I mean, if if Brady didn't miss that year, we're talking about another season where they're putting out monster stats. You know, Patriots could have been right back in the Super Bowl having a healthy Brady and Wel- and Wes Welker and Moss. So who knows? But that stretch of years with Moss, Welker, and Brady, they had you know, the best offense in the NFL. And, I mean, that's not taken away from anything they're doing now. The Patriots, again, have uh, one of the best offenses in the NFL, but they're just doing it on a more conservative rate, you know, not looking for the big yards and the home run passes down the field. You're not going to see too many (laughs) of Randy Moss, you know, over-the-shoulder catches for a touchdown. I mean, those days are done, one, because Brady's probably not passing like that anymore, and two, you don't really have any wide receivers uh, on the field who can who can make plays like that. But, yeah, man, like I said before, when you originally asked who am I taking, Wes Walker or Edelman, I got to kind of give the edge to Wes Walker a little bit. But if Julian Edelman continues to have the same production he's had the last couple of seasons, I'll definitely change my tune soon enough. Uh, definitely, man. I the edge goes to Welker for for right now. I just want to bring that up, just to remind everybody, you know, how how great of a player Wes Welker really was, and to see him now, you know, coaching and walking away from the game, it's kind of sad the way he his his career kind of faltered off with the concussions. But nevertheless, you know, a true Patriot and one that Patriots fans will never ever forget. So, Mike, mini camp has started. You know, a lot of a lot of things been coming out of the camps. Did you even? I heard on um, what's his name got in a fight. Um, Stork. Stork, Stork in the rookie, in the rookie, of def- a uh, rookie defensive tackle actually got in a fight and uh, they booted their ass out quick because you never really hear about fights happening in uh, mini camps, especially when it comes to p- the Patriots. They they don't allow that at all and they kick both of them out and you know. When it comes, it's, it's that time of the year again. Things get heated. People are pl- playing for, you know, position. They're fighting for their lives right now in training camp. So it, it's getting really testy. So I got some, um, you know, points that have come out out of the um, mini camp so far. First, the um, offense. P- players that did not practice. You know, obviously we have Deion Lewis. You got LeGarrette Blunt still recovering from his hip. Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. Gronkowski. Nate Solder, Sebastian Vollmer, which we do not know why, Josh Klein, Trey Jackson, and Shaq Mason. Any any scares and any worries from, from that list, Mike? I mean, with that list, you're talking about starter players, starters, Edelman, Amendola, Deion Lewis, Blunt. Like, you're talking about starters. Even on, you don't really know the deal with Rob Gronkowski too much. In the offensive line, that's one thing people are always worried about with the Patriots in the offensive line, you know, making sure Brady has the best protection possible. But I feel like with a lot of these guys, the injuries, you know, obviously ACL, Deion Lewis is significant. 
anything with Julian Edelman's foot and Danny Amendola's knee, those are pretty significant. But I feel like they're not significant enough where there's any jeopardy and and if these guys will be ready for the start of the season. You know, we haven't really heard any reports of any kind of setbacks or anything like that. Or, you know, the rehab is not going well for these guys. You know, they had their surgeries and whatnot all have taken place by now. And that's all about getting your body uh, right and in the best shape possible to be ready. You know, training camp, OTAs, mini camp, whatever, it's all important. You know, you want to make sure you're on the same page with the coach and the offense and the playbook and and your other players on the field. But what it really boils down to is making sure that these guys are healthy and ready to go when the game really matters and the season starts. You know, exhibition games, a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there feel like exhibition preseason games in the NFL are pointless because you're putting guys at the risk in this physical sport. So, I mean, regardless of how you feel about preseason games, at the end of the day, each team is going to play four preseason games. And, I mean, but regardless of that, what really matters is week one of the NFL season. I once again, I, I, <laughs> I agree with you, Mike. And moving on, here's a here's a shocker, a shocker. Fourth year veteran. I can't believe it's been four years now. Aaron drops it. You know, things have been coming out this week that uh, Aaron Dropson's really been making making um his presence known on the field. Media's come out saying his catches have been amazing he's caught reactions from everybody and me i think it's a bunch of hoopla hoopla it's Aaron Jobson has disappointed me so much these past three years and me hearing that he actually might make the team is really shocking to me very shocking but hey man he's a big body if this is the year he gets it, it has to be now because I'm still shocked that Belichick has held on to this guy for so long. Yeah, knowing Belichick and how he goes about handling the roster, I'm so shocked that Aaron Dobson, you know, Marv, Marv only knows this guy by Aaron Dobson by now. But I'm shocked that Aaron Dobson is really still on the roster, knowing the fact that uh, Patriots took a chance of drafting him as high as they did. You know, the other guy that they took in that draft, Kimbrough Thompson, has been out of town long. By <laughs> He's been out of town for a while now. And, I mean, if you really think about it, back when they really kind of depended on Dobson and, and Kimbrough Tompkins to be the guys uh, to kind of carry the, the wide receiving core, I feel like Kimbrough Thompson was having a better season yeah. than Dobson. And I don't know why they figured, hey, let's get rid of Tompkins so fast and hang on to Dobson knowing that he's had injury hit issues and he hasn't been reliable on the field. And then you get to this offseason and this and this training camp, mini camp, whatever, OTAs. I feel like this is the same story that we've heard again about Aaron Dobson looking good in training. Yeah, it's easy to look good in training camp when you just you're catching passes over the assistant coaches on the sidelines and stuff. Like, they're not doing anything serious. And then, you know, Aaron Dobson's been with the team, been catching passes from Tom Brady and running through the offense for a while now. So, I mean, he should have a good, uh, he should have a good mind on the playbook and know how things work in New England. But the fact still remains that when it when the times matter and when they really need him, he's not been reliable. And I'm so shocked that he's still on the roster right now, just like DJ Me said. But what's interesting is, you know, the Patriots are really trying to figure out, you know, who the wide receiving corpse will be. And out of the, all the guys that they have, you know, the guys that may be set when the season starts, obviously Julian Edelman, 
Danny Amendola. You know, they took a big chance signing Chris Hogan to a decent contract. So those are three guys who were probably automatically set into a spot. Uh, one player that's been looking really well in OTAs and whatnot has been Malcolm Mitchell, yeah, the, the rookie guy. the rookie wide receiver. He's been making some great plays in the offense. And, I mean, is his spot solidified? Who knows? Because he's a rookie. He still has to work his way up and, you know, try to really make a name for himself. But then you've got to have, have a lot of guys on the outside looking in or maybe, you know, maybe have an inside mm-hmm. track to a spot. You have Keyshawn Martin, who was a solid player for the Patriots last, last year. Aaron Dobson, like we said. Uh, you still have Chris Harper, you know, the veteran Nate Washington. Uh, and then two rookies, Devin Lucien and DeAndre Carter. So Patriots have a lot of options here. Obviously, somebody, maybe a couple somebodies, they're going to get cut. We just don't know who it is yet. Um, but during the offseason, I mean, during training camp, OTAs, mini camp. Uh, the preseason games, those are the times where you really have to make a name for themselves. To, to see If you don't get cut, maybe you stick around and they'll put your ass on, <laughs> on the practice squad. Who knows? But these guys have to really try to make a name for themselves and try to make themselves seen out there in the offense. Definitely the wide receiver position is definitely going to be something to look out for for these next couple of months. It's going to be very exciting to hear you know, reports on what's happening with these receivers, how they're playing, who's going to really get that starting position. Will it be Dawson? Will, can the rookie Malcolm Mitchell step up and get Brady's trust? It, there's a lot going on in that wide And I think it's the most exciting position right now for um, the Patriots camp, the toughest position really to make the team because you already know Amendola and Edelman are solidified. And from there, who knows what can happen. Um, Another interesting news that's come out of camp, defensive end Nikovic might not be defensive end no more. Though Belichick's always scheming, tweaking the defense, and he's been playing Nikovic as linebacker and Shane McKellen, the linebacker that we got, has been playing defensive end. They've been switching roles a little bit. I don't know how much I like that. Nikovic is a great defensive end, but let, let's face it, Nikovic is slow, very slow, and he's he's getting you know he's getting up there in age as well. So it'd be really interesting to see where, where and how he plays Nikovic at the linebacker position. But just just to let you know, you know, Belichick is still he loves that he loves the flexibility in um in, in his defense and you could see a lot of different changes. I know sometimes we even saw Chandler Jones drop back a couple of plays to, you know, play linebacker. So we'll see what what we'll get out of this um New England defense. If 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 Ninkovich isn't playing defensive end, where do you see him possibly you know, rotating over to you. Do you see him playing tackle? I don't think he's not big enough to be a tackle. Could he be a linebacker, backing up, you know, Collins or or Hightower or something? If he's not doing defensive end, because you're right, at defensive end position, you want a, you know, young, you know, fast guy who can maybe, you know, branch out and maybe cover a tight end or something or maybe rush the quarterback. And you're saying Ninkovich is, is a little, he's, he's up in age. He's not mm-hmm. a young, he's not a spring chicken like some would say. You know, he's obviously up in age. And at that position, like I said, you want somebody young who can kind of be versatile. So if he's not doing defensive end, what do you think he could fit in? Who 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 says spring chicken? <laughs> Who's, oh, learn that from the old head. <laughs> um, to answer your question, though, Nikovic, he's he's one of those players who's just solid. He's a solid player. Like he knows his role and he sticks to it well. 
So it's going to be really interesting for me to see that he plays linebacker, moves up to linebacker. I know that was his primary position at, at one point, but once he moved to defensive end, he, he just looked great at his role in containing. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of sacks, but he, he contains the quarterback. He contains the running back, and he does a, such a great job at that that I, I can't imagine him doing anything else. To be honest, maybe inside linebacker, he'll help rush inside, you know, get a couple of tackles on the running back. But I, I don't know. I, I can't really can't really see where Nikovich can fit in. I mean, yeah, one thing that we always say that about Coach Belichick is he loves versatility. And, I mean, whether it's that defensive end, whether he moves Nikovich to maybe linebacker, inside linebacker, who knows. But it's all about the versatility with the New England Patriots. They like guys who can probably play multiple positions, cover multiple people. You know, I'll never forget years and years and years ago, back when I was young, who would have ever thought that Troy Brown would yeah. be playing cornerback? Cornerback. But that's all. that was also desperation. I mean, desperation <laughs> you needed, but at the same time, you know, you like the, the Belichick liked the fact that you had that versatility with taking a chance. I mean, I had never, I mean, I was young, so I didn't have all the information that I did back then that I do I have now. But I had never heard of Troy Brown even playing cornerback any time in his career. Even at, coming out of college, I think he was, he was always a wide receiver. And I think he came out of Marshall, too. I think the same place that Randy Moss came from. I could be wrong. I don't know. But... I never heard of, of Troy Brown playing any kind of defensive position uh, before. And, you know, Patriots took a chance and threw him out there. And, I mean, it, he, he had a couple solid games out there. He wasn't terrible. He didn't look like he was running around with his head cut off. You know, Patriots did a good job of, you know, easing him into that defensive role. But, like I said, they like the versatility. And that's just one thing the Patriots, and as long as Bill Belichick's around, they'll look for versatility with players. All right, you ready for another one I'm excited about? The quarterback position. You know, Brady, Garoppolo, and Brissett have all been, you know, practicing. You know, no one really understands what's going to happen. Any three of them could be starting week one, <laughs> if you really want to think about that. And um, Brady's numbers, he went 88 for 113, which is 77, 78% with one interception. Garoppolo. Pretty much the same thing. 88 for 116, 76%, two interceptions. And Jacoby Brissett, 75 for 104 throws, 72% with one interception. Great numbers from all three quarterbacks. Now, mind you, it is just mini drills. No one's going completely 100%. But still, good signs from all three quarterbacks. Brady's still Brady. You know, Brady had better numbers than Garoppolo. Garoppolo had better numbers than Brissett, as you should expect. And um, but good signs from all three quarterbacks. And yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Brady's leading the charge as usual. Brady will do his thing, and I mean, you just know that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been under under Brady now for a couple of seasons, so he should just be learning. You know, his, with the Patriots, it's two things: you're learning from one of the greatest off offenses and and head coaches in NFL history. One. And then two, you're learning from perhaps the greatest quarterback in NFL history. So, you know, it's a lot to learn. And Brissett and Garoppolo should be taking as much notes as possible because, yes, nobody wants to see Brady sitting down 
on the bench or not even in attendance and not behind center week one. But if it is the case that Brady doesn't play, you should have these two guys stepping up for sure and, and being ready to go. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at the checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to look at tickets for the Beyonce concert for my sister. SeatGeek has taken all the works and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all the tickets available on the other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you know if the ticket prices fall. Listeners of CLNS Radio get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get the $20 rebates, you must download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code CELTICSPEED, all one word, no space. That's C-E-L-T-I-C-S-B-E-A-T, no space. And then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Man, what a deal. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT today. One big piece of news that will be huge at the end of the 2016 season is the fact that the Patriots will have a lot of big-name free agents. A lot of guys will be at the end of their contracts with the team. And we're talking about guys like you know, Malcolm Butler, Donta Hightower, Jamie Collins, Logan Ryan, LeGarrette Blunt, Jonathan Freeney, Deron Harmon, you know, Jabal Shared, Brandon Bolden. You know, these are guys, even James Devlin, who's been a big in the fullback position for the Patriots for the last couple of seasons. Uh, Marv's boy, Marcus Cannon, you know. Thank Rob, God. <laughs> Rob Ninkovich. You know, Patriots, the list continues. There's a lot of guys on here. You know who who would not be who are not known big name guys on the Patriots team, but the list of Patriots free agents is long, and I mean it's going to come to a point now. Some of these guys who are going to have to are, are going to be guys that the Patriots do not want to pay for, but at the same time, a lot of these guys are are players that you just who have incredible talent who you just can't let go in free agency. You know you have to do what you can to put the best team on the field. So, looking at this free agent list that, that we're looking at, DJ Meese, who are some guys who are definitely at the top of your list? Who are some guys that can definitely go? You know, <laughs> some decisions are definitely going to be have to be made. It seems like, you know, with the teams, <laughs> the team that the Patriots have now, you know, I mean, it's, it's a common thing with the Patriots every year. They're going all in. You know, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Goal is to win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, this is, this is a situation that the Patriots will have to deal with after this current season. But when this time comes, you know, what are, what kind of decisions are the team going to make? First and foremost, players that got to go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that right now. Actually, I think what the Patriots need to do, before they before this season even ends, lock up Jamie Collins. Lock Jamie Collins up. That's a top five linebacker in this league. Lock him up. Up. He's a one-of-a-kind talent, and 
We can't afford to lose a guy like that. And I think Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower need to be our two guys for the future of our defense. Hightower pretty much become the quarterback of our defense, and Collins is the talented one of our defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, we need – I know the thing about Patriots, we do not like to pay at all. And that's going to kill because Collins is going to be due to a major contract. Ma- like, major contract. He's going to talk to his agent. They're going to see where his talent's at. You're going to see how he- they're going to compare him to other linebackers. And he's going to need to get paid. And there's going to be a teams out there that pay him. So that one's scary for me. And then you have Dante Hightower, who will also be get- looking for a big contract as well. To solidify himself here, so those those two are scary. Um, Martellus Bennett, he's also going to be a free agent in 2017. This is pretty much his audition year. We see how he plays for us; has a decent year, and you know that's a, he's a big talent. That's a pro bowler as well. So I don't know if we we see a Martellus Bennett. In the future for the Patriots, it, you, we could see a similar thing to what um, Darrell Rivas was. You know, a guy brought here to really help boost our team, and then goes back and gets gets paid. Um, then you have you have some young guys as well, Harmon. You have Dropson. You have um, Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan. Now these are guys who are really fighting for position. Fighting for the spot, and this is pretty much a make make it or break a year for them. Logan Ryan started last year. I thought he had a decent campaign. Um, I think we really want to see more out of him, and he needs to really fight hard this training camp to even start. You know, there's some you got you have Cyrus Jones, you have um play Coleman players that are back from injury that are really gonna come. Richards who are really gonna come for that spot as well. So Logan Ryan's gonna be another. Players I would like to see, you know, step up to see if they deserve that contract. And then you got players that we just don't need, like uh, Marcus Cannon. And um, he can just go now if he wanted to because I think he's just a waste of space. I don't even think Dante Skarnecchia can do anything to save uh, Marcus Cannon and how bad he is. So those are my few takes on the free agents in the upcoming year. Jamie Collins. Dante Hightower. And, oh, man, yeesh, this one's going to be tough. I don't know how Patriots are going to do this. Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, and Jabal Sheard are all free agents. Jabal Sheard is going to have a huge year this year, um, being pretty much going to be the starting defensive end, I believe, unless Belichick moves him to linebacker or something. But Dante Hightower, Jabal Sheard, and Jamie Collins, those are three big names right there for our defense. And ah wow, it's I can guarantee right now all three are not coming back. Yeah, those the huge decisions are going to have to be made in terms of those guys and a lot of guys. One name that you didn't mention though, that could be in for another huge season after coming off of a of a Pro Bowl season, is Malcolm Butler. Mm. Malcolm Butler, you know, some, there's been some rumblings. In the off season, about you know, Michael Butler maybe wanted to have his contract restructured. You know, he missed one of the days of mini camp. People thinking, you know, is he trying to hold out? He's trying to send a message. 
you know, he's come out and said that's not the case at all. He missed the, he missed that day for uh, unknown reasons or different reasons. Uh, but Malcolm Butler is playing, you know, between last season, you know, his first season, he only had that big, you know, play in the Super Bowl, which is, you know, won the game pretty much for the Patriots. Then he came out the next season, you know, thrust it into a starting role, and he had a Pro Bowl year. And with all of that, Malcolm Butler is a guy who's making – $5,100,000. Sheesh. That's it. $510,000. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, I mean, is that yeah. is that how much you want to pay? I mean. Disrespect. No, no. I mean, he just so happened to, you know, really blossom as an undrafted free agent that the Patriots signed. You know, who he. Patriots didn't know he was going to turn into this player. I mean, this is the contract that he's under, and, you know, he got thrusted into that role. But is this a guy who Patriots are really going to have to look at and say, okay, his contract needs to be constructed. We have to hold on to this guy long term. He's a huge part of the future. What do you think they're going to do in terms of Malcolm Butler? I mean, they have to pay the man. You just pretty much said a five hundred. He's going into the season making five hundred and ten thousand. It it's kind of disrespectful in a way that they haven't really had contract talks yet. Butler's not going to be someone that's going to demand crazy money. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be a player that when he goes into free agent, a lot of teams are going to be lined up for him. Pay the man, give him, give him a decent contract, and I think Butler will be fine. I I don't understand. Why the Patriots will stall on this? He's a solid cornerback. He plays tough. He plays hard. Plays the Patriots way. Doesn't get in any trouble. I love the kid. He won us a Super Bowl. He won us a, a goddamn Super Bowl, Mike. And deserves to get paid. I believe the Patriots will get this one done. I don't think this will be an issue f- far too long. I believe they'll get it ton- done too. But here's the thing with the Patriots, and this is something you stated earlier in the show. Patriots are cheap bastards. They are cheap sometimes. And here's the thing with Malcolm Butler is they know they have him signed through the rest of the season, making that chump change that he's that he's making currently. Disrespect. What if they, and this could happen, you know, they 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 hold off on contract talks. You know, tell Malcolm Butler like, you know, you know, play the season, have a good season. And we'll stay healthy. And stay healthy. Have a good season like you did last season. And, you know, we'll come back to contract talks um, at the end of the season, you know, as long as everything works out and you're good and we're good and whatever the case may be. The off season, next offseason comes around. They're looking to sign back Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is pissed that this is something that didn't get done early in the season. He has a, he has a pretty much similar season. If Malcolm Butler has a similar season that he had to last season, nobody will be mad at that at all. Mm. He has a similar season. You know, you get to next offseason, and, you know, other teams now are coming up like, look, Patriots didn't show you no loyalty when you had a good season. They wasn't trying to pay you when you really stepped up as their number one quarterback, and another team can come in and start throwing money his way. That could happen. Wait, is he unrestricted or is he restricted? He's unrestricted. But the thing is, Mike, at the end of the day, Butler, as great as he he's still limited. What team could he go to and be a number one cornerback? You're right. I mean, he could go somewhere and not be a number one quarterback. But the fact is, like I said, I'm just throwing on a hypothetical example. If you were to have a similar season 
you know, teams will look at that. There's there's dummy teams out there who will take a Malcolm Butler and stick him into a starting position. There's a lot of dummy teams out there that would do it and are willing to throw money at him. You know, money can be thrown around. There's no cap in the in, in the NFL. There's no cap. Money can be thrown around, guaranteed money, whatever the case may be. So I'm saying, maybe what a Butler gets to, is at a point where he's like, you know, I don't like the, how the Patriots didn't pay me when I was their guy making chump change. And if he got, comes with that attitude, he'll be gone in two seconds, and we won't hear from Malcolm Butler anymore. But are the Patriots, you know, this this has been years now. Before Revis, you know, Patriots are at a long time where they didn't have any stability at the cornerback position. Like, they tried out McCourty. McCourty was nice his first year. Who the hell? I don't know what the <laughs> hell happened to that dude. And then before the Devin McCourty's the world, I can't even name you, like, who the – who are the cornerbacks on the Patriots roster before McCourty and, and Revis and all those guys? I don't even know. But this that's one position where they haven't had too much stability. I'm once again, you bring you bring up great points. <laughs> you bring up great points, but at the end of the day, Malcolm Butler to me seems up seems like a system cornerback. He works perfectly in what the Patriots want him to do, and I don't see him being successful. In other teams in that area, I mean, let's not forget Malcolm Butler was still undrafted at the end of the day. You know, he's not—he's not a huge talent. He works hard, he plays hard, he got himself into a Pro Bowl and deserves to get paid. I agree, but Patriots will not hesitate to let him go if he comes in with that attitude like, "Oh, I think I can go somewhere else," and blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Very true, very true. That's the Patriots' mindset, you know. No player is bigger than the team, and they're they have no they have no problem showing your ass to the door if you're not really <laughs> willing to come in and you know to con- and conform to the Patriots system that has been very successful, that has won them four Super Bowls now. You know, Patriots players are going to come to this organization and do what the Patriots not not do what they want. It's the same reason why Randy Moss didn't stick around, which that's a whole other topic that I won't even get into. But, yeah, man, it's the Patriots way or the highway, pretty much. Switching gears a little bit, though, I want to talk about a rival team in the division, and that is the Buffalo Bills. And Jim Kelly, you know, a a legendary Bills player, has come out recently and said that he feels head coach Rex Ryan's job is on the line this season. And, I mean, that's it's pretty bold to say that. Because, you know, Rex Ryan has only been there, what, I think he's going into his second season now with the Buffalo Bills. And last season, you know, they put a lot of faith in Rex Ryan to, you know, kind of turn the franchise around. They finished off with an 8-8 eight and eight record and didn't even make the playoffs. But, you know, Jim Kelly is saying that, you know, in, in, in quotes, I think Rex Ryan will probably be looking for another job. <laughs> and I think everybody knows that, including Rex. And that's what Jim Kelly told Jim, uh, Jim Rome on the Jim Rome show. And, I mean, I don't know. If it, uh, will the Bills be quick to pull the trigger if Rex Ryan has another unsuccessful season? I mean, they just brought his brother Rob Ryan into the mix as, you know, the defensive coordinator. I don't know if the Bills will be quick to pull the trigger on this on, on Rex Ryan and cut him if, if things don't go Buffalo's way. I'm, I mean, I guess it depends on how the season is going to be. If the season is exactly like last year, where they're just a mediocre team, 
I think I think Rex can still maybe hang hang in there on the team. If they just falter, like below average, because Dolphins got better, Jets Jets are a lot better. Then yeah, Rex Ryan could Rex Ryan could leave, but it depends on injuries as well. You know how it it all depends on how the season goes, pretty much. Um, I'm kind of shocked actually to even hear about this that Rex Ryan will be on the hot seat. Um, Bills love. I thought the Bills loved him, you know, and he's only been there for one year. He's brought his brother in now to really bolster that defense that was supposed to be, which was great two years ago. And then last season, we don't know what happened to it. It just pretty much disappeared. But with Rob Ryan, who is overrated, in my opinion, since when did we ever think of the Saints defense as um, (laughs) great? (laughs) Rob Ryan's supposed to be this great defensive mind, and um, he went to New Orleans and didn't do jack nada. So, I think he's kind of overrated, but still, that's a defensive-minded coach. Rex is a defensive-head-minded coach, so we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm kind of shocked that Rex Ryan would be in the hot seat. Yeah, it's not too surprising to me. I already think, you know, after the Patriots were automatically at the top of the division, I think the Bills are probably the worst team in the division. It goes Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, in my opinion. But that's just what I think. So it remains to be seen what happens with Rex Ryan uh, throughout the course of 2016 season. But another thing I want to bring up is veteran wide receiver, you know, Roddy Wright has recently come out and said that if he doesn't sign with a contending team who has a chance to win a Super Bowl this upcoming season, he'll retire. And, I mean, i got to respect that. He's an older guy, you know, at this point of his career. He's played a lot of years, has some great seasons with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's probably made a decent amount of money with them as well. And, I mean, at this point in his career with his age, it's probably like, look, if I'm not playing to make hit, make it to the greatest stage of them all and win a Super Bowl, contend for a Super Bowl, then I'm not going to waste my time in the league and, and my health uh, and play in the league for no reason if I'm not trying to win a Super Bowl. So I can't blame him. With that being said, I, this is a guy where I feel like, I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy, if I'm the only one who thinks this in the world, DJ Mees, but, like, Guys like Roddy White and Anquan Bolden, who are free agents, veterans, who've had solid careers, you know that you're not, you wouldn't be signing them to be the number one option on a team at this point in their careers. They're not number one option guys anymore. But they're still solid, veteran, reliable receivers out there that you could, you could throw in as a number three option, number four option, you know, just to throw it on the field. Why wouldn't the Patriots take chances on guys like this? I understand Patriots have, you know, a tall... Uh, Rodlinkowski, a tall Bennett, you know, but when you're talking about your wide receivers, I don't even know who the tallest wide receiver is on the Patriots roster. Why not take Dawson. a ch- Maybe, yeah. What is he, only like 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, yeah. Why not take a chance on veteran guys, you know, who've had solid careers, who can maybe come in and say, I, right, you know, Brady, you know, I've been in the league for years now. I know how things work. Roddy White can say that. Anquan Bolden can say that. How come Patriots don't take a chance on these guys? I agree and disagree. Well, I agree with the Anquan Bolden. Roddy White's finished. <laughs> Roddy White's past two years have not looked great. Um, he has he has flashes, but I I don't see it in Roddy White no more. Anquan Bolden though, 
<laughs> Anquan Bolden can ball. And I don't understand why this guy is not on the team yet. Yeah, I would love to see a Patriots take a chance on Anquan Bolden, bring him in, see what he can do. Um, that's a physical receiver, trustworthy hands. Um, you bring in Anquan Bolden and veteran guys. I mean, I guess... You know, Patriots, like you said, the cheap bastards. They went for the they went for the cheapest version of that and got Nate Washington. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess they they hear you, Mike. They just they just found a they find loopholes into what you're suggesting. I mean, yeah, the thing with Roddy White is, I feel like his his situation was a result of you know injuries slowed him down, obviously with age, and then playing with possibly the best wide receiver currently in the league in Julio Jones, and that's what the team pretty much went through. So, I mean, that's the situation with him. But Anquan Bolden, I tell you to this day, in my years of watching football, I've never, I swear I've never seen Anquan Bolden drop a football in my life. I feel like that dude has glue that is, is made in his hands and just, is he, that guy doesn't drop footballs. He doesn't. And I feel like he'd be reliable. I don't know why the Patriots always try to take the second and third tier <laughs> options out there in terms of trades or free agents and not try to take a proven, veteran, tall, wide receiver. But, that's just what it is. It, it reminds me of um, when the Celtics would always get these old wash superstars like uh, Vin Baker or get a, a, a old Rasheed Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal, those type of guys that are just washed. It reminds me of that a little bit. But, yeah, man. And in other news, I know DJ Mees wanted to talk about this a little bit, was uh, Aaron Hernandez, ex uh Patriot has recently hired uh, the Casey Anthony lawyer or lawyers, you know, to head his team or join his defense team. You know, that guy, I don't know what else he can do. He's, he, isn't he already serving a sentence for one, for yeah. one situation? So this is the, for the double murder. So now he's trying to switch up his whole defense. He's, he's telling his team, like, all right, well, we tried the first time. <laughs> Clearly that worked. I'm about to be in here for half of, probably the rest of my life. So let's just try some. What is the point? He's, it, do, you, do you know his his what was he sentenced for for the for other murder? I don't remember to be honest. Whatever the, whatever he got sentenced for with that first murder, murder he's going to be in jail for a lot of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, he's trying to switch things up now for his for the second murder or the double murder, whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't know. He's trying to do something. I don't know. Mike, I ever tell you that I met Aaron Hernandez before? Matt Hernandez. I never told you this story. All right. So, uh, I was 18, man. Just turned 18. You know, uh, a couple of my buddies wanted to bring me to a club, club in a Providence. You know, I just turned 18. Want to have fun, dance a little bit. You know, have a good time. Have a good time. And um, I did. I had a great time. And once you leave... The club in Providence, you know, everyone's outside, we're talking, we have a couple of friends, I have some female friends with me, we're all having a good time, laughing, joking, and then I see this big figure of a person out there, I'm like, oh, man, that dude looks like, that dude really looks like Aaron Hernandez. Side note, it wasn't Aaron Hernandez, it was Hernandez's brother. So when I went up to him, I'm like, oh, that's not Hernandez. But he was like, he dapped me up. He said, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, no, nothing, man. I'm a big fan of your brother and whatnot. So I go back to my friends, tell them, yo, that was Aaron Hernandez's brother. Look who pulls up in, a, I think it was a Mercedes. Comes out of his car, you know, flashy, 
is Aaron Hernandez. And at this time, at the age of 18, guys, this was, what, five years ago, I was a huge Aaron Hernandez fan. I'm talking about that guy was my idol. I, I loved him above Gronk. I thought he was even better than Gronk. His potential was great. Favorite player. So now now I'm in shock. I'm just standing there like, whoa, wow, Aaron Hernandez is really here right in front of me, one of my favorite players ever. The girls find out that's Aaron Hernandez. You know, they all go flock into, oh, my God, Hernandez, can we take a picture, la-di-da-di? And I'm just standing, I'm still in the back, just in, in shock. Like, wow, this is one of my favorite players. I kid you not, Mike. I'm probably 30 feet away from Hernandez. For some reason, he sees I'm looking at him. He looks at me, and slowly he starts walking up to me. So I'm like, oh, wow. My hero is coming to talk to me. Comes up to me, looks me in my face. Picks up his diamond bezeled rosary bead. Diamonds, playboy. Diamonds. Flashes in my face and walks away. Now, he didn't say playboy. He used other words I can't, <laughs> can't say on air. But I... Was 18 and just, I don't even know, I don't even know the words. Distraught, shocked, confused, befooled, bamboozled, tricked. Why are you laughing? Oh, why? That story's crazy. <laughs> that story's crazy. Uh, that was. When I, I didn't even know how to react at that, and but that's when I really saw that guy's true colors, man. Just a, a just a, a mutter, mutter, something. Yeah, man, that story is crazy. Wow, wow, wow. DJ Me's meeting Aaron Hernandez, and he lets you know that he's getting paid, flashed them diamonds in your face, and took your women. That's gonna do it for today's Patriot Beat podcast. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription, rating, and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by the SeatGeek Ticketing app. Once again, use the promo code CELTICSBEAT for a $20 rebate when you download the SeatGeek mobile app. It's a great deal, and it helps us support the show. First of all, I want to give a huge shout-out to everyone who tuned in and listened this week and heard our take on the New England Patriots. For CLNS Radio executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Glesso, my co-host, DJ Mees. This has been the Patriots Beat Podcast on the CLNS Radio Network.